So good afternoon. It is February 20th of 2022. Uh, this is uh, Mika of the Dear Mika podcast. I am, first of all, want to explain my absence. Um, I have not created any podcast in a while because I had some medical things that were going on that actually had a big impact on my voice and my speaking ability. And I was struggling with that for uh, quite a few months. Um, I believe this is where my voice is going to be as of right now. So I decided to pick the ball back up and to kind of pour myself back into doing my podcast because it is something that I believe in. I want to continue to be a mentor for uh, nursing students and new and novice nurses um, and anyone else who finds these recordings helpful. So um, this topic of this episode eight is uh, nurse burnout and handling stress. And wow, where do I even begin with this topic? Because there's been so much stress and nursing burnout related to the pandemic. And we know the pandemic began back in March of 2020. So uh, for two years, we have been dealing with um, this COVID pandemic and all of the things that uh, are related to it, and especially the burnout and the stress that's come along with it. Well, you may say, what are some causes of nurse burnout? And I've actually kind of narrowed it down to three that I really think have a huge impact. And this is from listening to nurses around me. Currently, you know, I teach at a local university and I also work part-time at a local hospital, actually on a med surge floor. So um, I've had a new appreciation for med surge nurses and how hard uh, they work. Uh, especially with the staffing ratios and everything. But again, going back to what I think has caused is some of the leading causes of nurse burnout and nurse stress. I chose three. Uh, Underappreciation for what they do, uh, them being overworked, and one of the big ones, it's a lot of buzz right now, the underpayment of nurses. So let's dive in a little bit. So underappreciation. Nurses are underappreciated from uh, the patients that they serve, the doctors and maybe um, other interpersonal staff that they work with, and they feel underappreciated from upper management. Now, my students know and my children know that I believe perception is everything. A person's perception is basically all that matters to that person. Even if these things are not factual, this is how they feel. And those feelings are usually pretty valid. Um, It is the perception of what's going on that is draining and burns them out. So regardless of, is it true? It's their perception that makes it true for them. So When I talk about underappreciation for patients, you know, uh, I don't know how many years exactly, but this definitely wasn't a fact. I've been in nursing going on 27 years. When I first became a nurse, 
Uh, there was patients appreciated the things that you did for them. Then we started operating hospitals more like a business. And um, I'm not saying that um, surveys are wrong. I am saying maybe the way that surveys are taken are kind of out of context. We have put so much emphasis on customer service as a must-do that it's almost undermined nursing compassion. We as nurses were taught um, that you need to be compassionate coming into this field. And it was a given. A lot of people came into nursing with that idea in mind. They had a a want and um, a need to be of service to people. That's why a lot of us did it. Um, then we came along somewhere where these um, these surveys that, you know, aftercare surveys, and I'm at a loss for the word or correct phrasing right now, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It became such an overwhelming and overarching thing that it must be, it must be, it must be. It kind of gave patients ammunition um, that this is what better happened during my visit. We were already giving compassion and stuff, but then now you've made those things so overreaching that you're requiring us that you must do, you must do. The care and compassion of nursing kind of got lost, you know. Then it came about that we were striving to make these numbers, these numbers, these numbers, and that pressure came on. It made people resentful of uh, being kind, being nice, because uh, patients were like demanding it. I, you know, I say, yeah, that stuff is required that we're nice and we're. Uh, compassionate and we're giving to our patients. But when people demand uh, that you bring some, you know, family members uh, juice and cookies or a tray or something, you know, when nurses are already stressed out with patient numbers and things like that, it kind of gets lost, you know. So uh, that's where I saw that and the underappreciation of nurses became, you know, we've always had, as far as from doctors, um, in the past old days, we, there was this uh, thing with uh, us older nurses where, you know, if a doctor came in the room, you got up and gave him your seat to the computer or, you know, there was, and I think, you know, that was more out of respect, but with some doctors, it was a fear thing, you know, it's like, get out of my chair, you know, I am uh, above you. Um, I can't always say that I had that experience. I was very fortunate to have worked in environments where that wasn't the case. You know, I did uh, work when I first became an LPN. We had a neurosurgeon at one of the big Tampa hospitals, and uh, he was very much that way. And um, but I didn't let him scare me. I just would, uh, he would never say good morning to anyone and all these kind of things, but I just took it in stride and would speak to him anyway. And I think I just kind of wore him down finally. But um, 
I can honestly say that the underappreciation received from doctors is definitely a thing that is passing. Um, maybe an older generation of doctors are still doing that, but for the most part, I am refreshed to see that the newer generation of doctors have more of a rapport with nursing. They actually, I see, um, they have conversations with their nurses. They actually respect what their nurses think. Um, they seek out their nurses. Um, and you know, and this is the the general floor nursing, not just in ICU. For many years, I worked ICU and labor and delivery. I think we always kind of garnered doctors respect because they felt like maybe we are or a higher level. Again, perception, I'm not saying that we were, but I think that the, the perception was that we were. So they uh, gave us a different level of respect. Not saying that that is correct, but it just was. But now it's very refreshing to see that doctors make walking rounds with um, the nurses. Doctors actually talk to the nurses and things like that. Now I have seen though that sometimes they'll only do that with the charge nurses. And um, I think that that's a miss um, as far as I'm concerned. That's a miss. I feel like doctors should be speaking and making walking rounds with the nurses that have actually taken care of their patients for the last 12 hours or, or whatever it may be. That nurse knows more about the patient than whatever uh 10 second synopsis she gave to the charge nurse because the charge nurse is looking at like, you know, 35, 40 patients on the floor when she, there's no way she can know more about the patient than if I've taken care of them for 12 hours. So honestly, docs, I think that's a miss on y'all's part when you just want to speak to charge nurses. Underappreciation for upper management. Wow. I can honestly say that this is a huge topic right now because nurses really are feeling this. Like, especially since the pandemic arose and everything, there is this feeling, an undercurrent, and I mean, and I don't even work at the hospital a lot, but this overwhelming, uh, when you need us, it's all good and you treat us fair and square and you give us the bonus rates and you know the things like that uh the money is good you need us um then you know there's all these perks and you know gifts and whatnot um but if the numbers are low the census is low then what where where is the upper management where is the uh, good graces, you know, where is the appreciation? Um, it's lacking, you know, and I, I'm going to just say that up front, you know. Um, here where I work, we've had different levels during the pandemic of, okay, here are uh, these like huge, huge bonuses because uh, we are short staffed and we need you and come on and work. And it's like, all right, you know. And they gave us these amazing bonuses. And I'm not saying that a hospital could sustain those rates. I'm not saying that. But what I know from them being able to pay those amounts of money is that they can sustain something that is definitely better than the base rates they currently pay. 
we are, and I'm going to get to underpayment in a minute, so I'm not going to overwhelm this part with that, but there is a definite uh, underappreciation that is felt um, when upper management uh, is good with some things you know when the when the uh the, the struggle is real but then when things go back to normal if you will where there's not um big gaps in uh staffing and things that all of a sudden they can be very flexible at times so uh yeah we feel unappreciated by upper management for sure uh we feel like there's no voice because then it's like oh well that is what it is um all of a sudden policies change regarding bonuses and things like that but when you needed us it was do everything for those nurses put it out there you know they don't have to work a minimum this or a minimum that uh, we're gonna we appreciate them so much yeah they're working over we're gonna give them the bonus yeah and then as soon as you don't need us you go back to this stringent stuff so yeah that feels like a switch and bait. So let's talk about overworked. So we know that everywhere there's a nursing shortage and um, that's why we had all these crazy bonuses and everything. Um, but to ask someone to work five and six, 12 hour shifts a week is just insane, you know? Um, but you've got nurses that did it, you know, they did it either to help themselves financially or because they are such a team player on their floor that they they understand what it's like to be short staffed. So they come in and they help out because they actually care about their team members. Um, you can't work people to death like that, you know, and you've got to. Uh, come up with solutions for the understaffing. And you saw that the bonuses worked, but when the numbers are back down and it's just kind of the regular patients, you don't mind still understaffing your staff. So, you know, to ask someone to overwork when they're already burnt out they're not going to do it if you're not going to give them a valid reason to kind of sacrifice themselves. And that is, it boils down to money. So let's talk about underpaid. There, one of the biggest things when I talk about uh, senior nurses, when I say senior nurses, like my age, you know, we've been in the game over 20 years. When you have a nurse that has been out of school for less than five years and they are either making your salary or making more than your salary, that that's painful if you've been a nurse for like 20 years. The, a lot of the hospital systems don't pay you for your experience. Uh, they don't acknowledge your abilities. You know, I've seen uh, hospitals, you can have 20 years of a specialty on your resume, but 
they will vet you for that if you're just looking for a PRN position. Um, those are things that are pretty like a smack in the face for senior nurses. Um, my current situation, that's why I'm on med surge instead of being in ICU or labor and delivery because I only want PRN and I can't do a lengthy orientation, I was not afforded the opportunity to work in my areas of expertise. Nor, even with all my years of experience, is that even looked at to give me latitude for working as far as being PRN. There is an overall decrease in pay. You, and when I say you, I mean the hospital industry, has assigned worth to nurses that is just completely unfair. Um, the raises that are given to nurses, completely unfair. Um, and then you wonder why nurses are doing travel nursing. Listen, I'm going to say to you, I have no issue with travel nurses because they have been afforded the ability to get out there and do it. That is the only way they're going to give us our bag. And when I say our bag, our money, then I can't be mad at that. Just because I'm not able to do it doesn't mean that I should begrudge my sisters and brothers and nursing that can. I have students that I've taught that have only been nurses less than five years that are making probably three to four times more money than I'm making. And I've been a nurse for 27 years. But I don't hate them for that. I say go get it because it is unfortunate in the nursing field that there is not any equability in our worth as the industry sees us. So there are these huge, and the huge difference between what travel nurses make and what, what regular nurses, you know, staff at a hospital make are ridiculous. And I'm saying ridiculous in the fact that why would a hospital, because not just what the nurse makes, they have to pay their travel company. Make it make sense to me that you cannot pay your staff nurses a reasonable rate that they will not want to travel because they are being duly compensated for the job they're doing. They won't want to travel. You're so worried about travel nurses and what they make and this whole thing about doing this whole thing about doing caps on travel nursing, um, that is all wouldn't even be an issue right now if we were given what we were worth uh, in the industry. So um, how do we how do we deal with all this stuff, right? You must be wondering, how do we deal with it? How do we, you know, Mika, what do you think? What do we what do we do to make change? So I'm going to say I'm of the older generation. I don't have a lot of a lot of um, dog in that fight, if you will, <laughs> right? I am, but I I will say this: I do have some ideas, some things. So how to cope? How do how do you cope with this nursing burnout and handling stress? Well, you know, 
I don't know that we can fix corporate America overnight. And yes, the hospital system is corporate America, but we can rail and rally against it. You know, I don't know if you've paid attention, but um, I do. I watch a lot of stuff on social media, on TikTok, on um you know, Facebook and things. And right now there's currently a rally for a March on Washington. Nurses March on Washington is supposed to be going on in May. And, you know, we're railing against the government because Congress has decided that they want to put a cap on travel nurses pay. Now, I have never heard of Congress trying to cap anybody else's pay ever. We have People in this country that are making all kinds of money, I hear them capping entertainers' pay. I don't hear them capping pay for anybody else. But everyone's so angry about travel nurses making a lot of money. And that's just suspicious to me. Why are you worried about what they're doing? First of all, they're leaving their families. They're putting their lives in jeopardy you know, huge. They're leaving their families. They're leaving their homes. They're being greatly inconvenienced to fill in the gaps of your staffing shortages because you can't retain your nurses because you're not giving them a fair wage. Yeah, I'll say that again. You're not giving them a fair wage to stay in place. The only nurses that are staying in place and that are not taking advantage of travel nursing is because either they don't need it Maybe they have a wealthy husband or wife and they don't really need the money or their lifestyle. They have small children. They have this. They have that. Whatever reason. That's the only reason they're staying. They're not staying because they're loyal to their hospital system. They're staying because they have to trust me. You know, none of those nurses want to go out and travel, but what they want is to make decent money. And right now, unfortunately, the pandemic has created, um, uh, you know, what do they use? Demand, supply and demand ratio, you know, and there's a need that only we can fill. And so now you have to pay us. There's that underappreciation again. Now you have to pay us just to get us what we need to do. And that's insane. But why are you worried about capping their pay when they're literally fighting an epidemic, a pandemic that can put their lives in jeopardy? You know, they're not going up there to just play around. They're feeling these shortages. They're seeing death in great amounts. You know, maybe not like it was the first year and a half of the pandemic, but it's still there. These nurses are going and they are working to death, you know, especially when they take these crisis jobs. They shovel them in like cattle and shuttle them back to their rooms. They're not running around enjoying the sights. They are working nonstop. So why are nurses, staff nurses, pissed off when there's a travel nurse that is standing next to them. First of all, they're taking burden off of you. So you don't have like eight, nine patients. I'm glad they're there personally. But why are we so angry when they're on our floors and in our hospitals, in our facilities? You know, don't be mad at them because they're able to do it. You decide 
the things that go on in your life. Don't be pissed off because you can't do it and you're envious and mad at these nurses that travel. Be supportive of them. We need to learn how to clap for each other that that brother, that sister in nursing is making their bag. Be happy for them. Your time may come, but don't make it harder for them because they're the travel nurse and they're getting paid X, Y, Z. So we're going to dump on them. Know where your help comes from and be grateful for it. Be supportive of your colleagues. We're all in this nursing thing together. If we all hold each other up and we hold these hospitals accountable, then we'll all make a decent wage. You got to learn how to say no to those extra shifts and don't feel vulnerable about it. Don't feel upset about it. Don't feel guilty about it. Don't overwork yourself because the hospital is short. My... Uh, my ex used to say, if you ain't there, they'll find somebody to do it. And that's a fact. Somewhere, somehow, they always pull it out and make it work. And I don't know if you guys don't know, but your nurse managers and your, and your management, your senior leaders, they're still nurses. If things got that bad. They should come in and help out. I ain't saying they should come in and work a whole 12-hour shift, but if that's necessary, is that a bad thing? They're still nurses. You know, when they say we need all hands on deck, where are their hands at? Nursing is nursing. I don't care what your title is. So, but don't overwork yourself. Learn work-life balance. You know, I did a podcast on that. It's important. Balance out what you're doing. Don't work so much that you can't even enjoy that extra money that you're spending because you're at work all the time. That leads me into self-care. Do things for yourself. Go get your hair done. Go get a pedicure. Go get a massage. Go treat yourself to dinner. You know, I used to, I watched the, uh, um, oh, I forgot the name of the show, but the guy and the girl and they're their best friends. And they always say, treat yourself. They have one day that they treat themselves. They spend their money, they save for it. And then they're able to spend their money. You have to treat yourself. Self-care is imperative. You have to learn how to decompress. You have to learn how to walk away. You have to know when to say no. You have to know when to say yes. You know, yeah, be supportive of your team, but not to your detriment. Do not deprive yourself because of what their needs are. Yeah, help when you can. But do not deplete from your, you can't pour from an empty cup. This is when we get incivility and meanness and things like that. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And this leads me to say too, have someone to vent to. Have yourself a mentor, a friend, 
a spouse, but try to make sure it's somebody in healthcare so that they can be empathetic with what you're going through. No matter how much you and your spouse's relationship is good and supportive, if they're not in healthcare, they don't understand what you're feeling. So get you somebody that's in healthcare that you can vent to and get things off your chest. Cry about it. Because sometimes we just need to cry about it. You know, do things when you're doing your self-care. Do things that make you smile. That make you feel free. Because eventually you got to go back in. But do some things that make you um, make you happy. One of those things that you can do is advocacy. Do what you feel that they may be making a difference. And I was saying when I initially started this part of the conversation on how to cope was for you younger nurses, I don't have a dog in this fight as far as advocacy in the government field. But you guys, you guys are young, you know, run for office. Get involved in these um, nursing communities that have influence in our politics because I was flabbergasted when Congress is like all up in our business about how much money we make. So get involved. Get involved in the politics of healthcare and nursing so that you can make a difference. And I'm going to round that out. And I'm so glad to be back. Expect me to do podcasts every week. And I look forward. Please send me your ideas, um, your emails, uh, your comments on the podcast itself. Uh, you can please send me emails at uh, dearmika at yahoo.com. Or I think I also have dearmika at gmail.com. Please send me your ideas for any podcast. And I will continue um, to post these. And hopefully you'll subscribe to the channel because I will be doing them every week. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Damika Wilson-Vickers. And I haven't done a podcast in a And this one will be brief. Um, mostly I am doing this to... Uh, reintroduce myself. Um, I have since uh, created a website that I'm still working on building, but also uh, my Dear Mika mentorship and life coaching um, business that I've worked on. Um, this is, you know, my specialty, of course, is nursing and nursing education, but I am also a life coach. Um, specializing in women's, women's services, and for anybody who feels like they need a life coach. And you know, and life coaching is all about uh, helping people to maximize their potential um, in their area that they're willing and wanting to work on. So I am here to be an accountability partner, someone to help guide you through a process at whatever you're needing in your life. Um, that's what life coaching is all about. Again, my specialties is nursing, nursing education, and women's health. Um, but I can help anyone. Um, I also wanted to do this podcast, to not just to say that, but my business is Dear Mika. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can uh, find me on Instagram. And I'm also on TikTok, which I'm 
going to be really kind of getting into that, doing some TikToks. The thing that I wanted to talk about today, and this just came across my Facebook page, one of my prior students, and I will always talk about nurse incivility because it is a pet peeve of mine that I see going on um, way too much in the field. And a young lady posted on her Facebook page that where she worked at, a nurse uh, overheard her patient say that, oh, wow, I'm lucky I've got, you know, not just a nice nurse, but she's beautiful as well, complimenting his nurse. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing inappropriate was said. And this bitter nurse yells from the hallway, well, I'd much rather have a competent nurse, at least in those many words, that may not have been the exact vernacular, but, you know, basically, I'd rather have a more competent, smart nurse than a pretty one. So she just assumed because this nurse was attractive that she was not competent or that maybe because she's young, she's not competent or is educated, which is definitely false. I know this nurse um, and there's no way. But for someone to yell that to a patient is just ridiculous. It is beyond me. Like, why did you feel that that was the thing to do, ma'am? Why did you think that that was your place to say such a thing? So instead of building up your colleagues, you take every opportunity to tear them down. None of us started out in this game as being strong nurses right off the rip. None of us started off with a whole bunch of experience. We have all had to build ourselves up. And it is my expressed opinion that if you have experience in this game, it is your duty to help build up new nurses or nurses that may have not been in the field for 20 years. It is absolutely our responsibility to encourage them as they are going forward and getting more expended. What did she have to gain by saying that, except to maybe boost her own ego? If you feel ugly, do something about it. But don't go cutting down other nurses because you may not have yourself together. I was just so appalled when I saw her post that literally I was like, so this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing. But you know, I think about the entire world and this is what we're doing as a society. There is not enough building people up. Um, there's so much negativity. And I do see trends of, um, but you got to pick who your friends are, right? Because I do see trends. I have a lot of positivity on my page. A lot of people that I met when I was doing my life coaching class that genuinely want to help people, genuinely are there to uh, mentor people and to lift them up. And that is exactly what I do and my want to do in my business. You know, my business is geared towards new nurses. So if you run into something like this, you got somebody on your team that will show you how to navigate that, show you how to deal with that. Because what we have, because there's so much incivility in nursing right now, is we have nurses that are leaving the bedside in droves because 
They don't want to deal with it. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to become the change. You know, I was speaking to an administrator at a hospital this morning, and they are aware. You know, they they are they know that there is um, incivility in the workplace that is toxic, and they feel like so I was like so what are you guys doing oh well we're making everybody take a class is that how we're really going to change the culture of nursing I think it's going to take way more than that it's going to be more than a class it's going to be more than a talking to we have got to go back to when I first became a nurse man we were down for each other we had each other's backs you never felt like people were hanging you out to dry we had a few like really crotchety old nurses that were still with that nurses each are young but for the most part man we were there for each other and we got to get back to that you know health care is hard enough with the way our system is here in this country that we can't afford to be jading new nurses we can't afford for them to leave the field. You know, they train hard. I'm a nursing school instructor. They train hard to get where they're at. And to walk into a toxic workplace and we are like deterring them and they're ready to leave within their first couple of years is just crazy. You know, when I was talking to that administrator this morning, she said she is starting to see at like about eight months, they're starting to burn out now. Eight months in, you haven't even made it a year yet, and they're burning people out. And I just think that it is, it is crazy. You know, we got to do better. We got to make a change, excuse me, in the culture. We got to do better. So that is my podcast for today. I kept it simple and sweet, but I am going back to every Friday um, I would love for you all to, on any of my Dear Mika sites, to hit me up. You can hit me up here on Anchor. Please give me your ideas. Um, what do you want to hear me talk about? What are some of the things that we need to address? I am even going to look forward to some of my past colleagues to maybe getting on here with me and doing some uh, podcasts so that they can weigh in. Uh, because a lot of my colleagues are around my age. They've been through it. You know, what can we do about this incivility in nursing? How can we curb this? How can we do better with mentorship? How can we help people stay in the field? Because that is one of my biggest goals is to keep you guys in because it's a great, it is a great job. But, you know, I struggle with it sometimes, too, because uh, the things that you just say and you see out there like what you know so uh, I look forward to that's going to be one of my main themes uh, with this is how we keep the next generation of nurses going and how do we serve each other instead of just serving our patients so um, please join me every Friday look out for my podcast and and join me in this you know share uh, with people because we got to get some new ideas man we are not getting young and we need good nurses all right well have a terrific weekend i look forward to doing another one of these next friday